0: Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson.
1: I am Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois. Uh, we're at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus. Our campus is expanding with our pool, which starts installation next week. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, and I know the dogs of around here are really excited to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our dog is never getting out of it. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are lining up to play in the swimming pool. So um, it's allergy season. It's really kicking off. A lot of people are feeling it. Um, and your pets are no different so our allergy type appointments are going up we just brought a dog back here a couple minutes ago big massive ear infection um this one was particularly bad and the dog was so painful that they thought actually because it was itching itself with its back leg it was itching its ear they thought the back leg had the problem it was itching to the point of lameness so you have to be really careful at this time of year. There's a lot going on as far as allergies are concerned. So we've got some really good tips that are coming from the Wall Clipper Company today. And we're gonna talk about prednisone and prednisolone use. Um, That's really starting to heat up and get more common at this time of year. This is your big time for uh, reducing allergies and especially reducing the symptoms of allergies. So a lot of people, a lot of veterinarians still have to go with prednisone. Um, Even sometimes you do too, even though you do a lot of different strategies to try to prevent having to use prednisone. So we're going to Mm -hmm. talk about the dangers of that. Some of those things just aren't good uh, when it comes to um, long-term use. So then also some strategies you might be able to use. We're going to talk about whether they're effective or not, like washing your dog's feet. Is that going to work? Um, How often should you bathe your dog? Is it going to matter if you bathe your dog a lot or a little? Um, Is there anything in that situation that might um, you know help you out as far as that goes and then um, hot spots uh, we're going to talk about those how they your animals get them cats get them dogs get them and um, we'll we'll discuss that we have a few um, questions available from our holistic vet advice group it's on Facebook and The group is actually called Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. So um, a couple questions from that group, including Charmaine's question about tea tree oil and Lee's question about the use of diatomaceous earth. And uh, a couple other things we're gonna talk about today are acupuncture points in teeth. This actually happens, it's actually a thing. I don't really get what acupuncture and teeth have to do with each other. I don't get this. So you're gonna to have to kind of explain how this whole thing works. Okay. <laughs> and there's been a big puppy laundering ring. The state of Iowa has had one and they're shipping puppies all over the country from a, I guess, a fake rescue. This um, is, those are the words of the actual Iowa attorney general um, when talking about this puppy uh, ring. And the city of Chicago has taken some steps to keep pet stores from passing off purebred or designer dogs as rescues because they weren't allowed to sell purebred or designer dogs, but they could sell rescue dogs. So, this is what, this is what kind of bothers me about it. They're selling a $3,600 golden doodle puppy, calling it a rescue. Oh my God. So- <laughs> but I mean, yeah. you know, don't complain if you bought that dog and thought it was a rescue. I mean, you know, come on.
2: Yeah, I think it, it, consumer beware. You know, it, it, if it wasn't happening, it the people wouldn't be buying. You
0: know, mm-hmm. because
2: they would be skeptical and say, "Okay, that seems kind of skeptical to me." But when people Suspicious. buy those pups, you know, and buy those uh, rescues and in other dogs, it's it's just fueling the flames. Mm-hmm. They're going, "Okay, people are buying them, so I'll just keep doing it." Right?
1: Right. They right.
2: get caught, I guess.
1: Pretty much. Sounds like it. So now in Chicago, you can only have um, like a, your store can only have a dog that comes from like a rescue, a humane society, a pound, and they can't have any financial benefit from having that dog there selling it or anything. So no dog sales is the way it is in Chicago now. That's
2: awesome. You know, yeah, you it's all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to go if you want to buy, if you really want, you know, a dog, you don't have to rescue a dog. So everybody who says, oh, they're all dying in shelters, there aren't enough rescue dogs anyway to go around for all the places you can adopt one in the United States. So they've done a really good job with spay and neuter. Um, there, there's, there aren't enough puppies and there aren't enough dogs for for people and the people's demand at this point. So yeah. it is true. Um So I think, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that and you, and you want, say you wanted a purebred dog, say, I want to raise my dog, my kids with a purebred Dalmatian. That's what I had growing up. That's what I want. And you're going to go get that. It's good. Go out and meet the breeder, go find the breeder, meet the breeder, see where the dog was raised, see what was going on, meet the parents, if you can, of the dog, the sire and the dam, that kind of thing.
2: It's, it's so important because when you can see that where they grew up, you can talk to the breeder, What. You know, because they, they, there's a lot to be learned from yeah, the breeder. They keep track of, of the siblings from past breedings and, and generations. They can tell you mm-hmm. how they were fed, how they were doing, if they had any health issues, you know, just a, a huge amount of information you can get from, them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, um, and then obviously you can see the parents, see the temperament, look at the litter, see the whole litter you know, get down with them. Maybe
1: even pick out your puppy from that litter. Exactly. You know, get down with them, see what they're, yeah. what they're all about.
2: Because you can tell a lot from their temperaments, you know, the, the fire puppies will come right up to you. The earth
1: puppies will kind of lay back a little bit, you know, they're. Why do they, people always kind of say like, you should go get the dog that the puppy that comes up to you first. Should you really do
0: that though?
2: Not necessarily. I mean, the, the ones that coming up to you first mm-hmm. are going to be fire friendly. They're going to be obviously really friendly, um, may or may not be the best family dogs, but at mm-hmm. the same time, they're going to be the ones that are going to be the most friendly. Uh, the ones that you might have to work a little bit more is the shy puppy in the back, okay. you know, because they're going to be a little bit more reserved. Uh, doesn't mean it's a bad puppy or anything like that. You, you just have to look at the different personalities but look at your own personality and fit it to that. So if you're more of a laid back person, a fire friendly pup is probably not the choice for you. A more laid back puppy would be the choice. If you're a little bit more reserved, a little bit afraid to go outside, that that fear, a little more fearful puppy might be the right match for you mm-hmm. because the personalities fit your own personality if you're going to have that strong bond.
1: Okay. So somebody's trying to research like what puppy is right for them, do they look at the five elements theory? That's the
2: best, I Okay, think. So
1: what you'd want to Google for is something called the five elements theory. And you can kind of read up on maybe how the dog is going to interact with you or some of the characteristics of the different five elements. So that's water, uh, metal, fire, and two others. Wood. Wood. And what's the other one?
2: So you did, one. you did fire, <laughs> earth, metal, oh, earth. water, I forgot earth. Yeah, earth. water, and, and wood.
1: Earth. Okay.
2: Earth.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um, just take a look at those, see maybe what personality you are, and maybe you can kind of find a puppy that kind of matches that. So you just kind of have to look a little at the dog behavior. You can always work with a trainer. A trainer could help you as well. So either one of those things, um, may work uh, better for you when picking out a puppy, but at least um, the puppies are shut down in um, these big pet stores in Chicago. One of them actually on the Southwest side sold 765 puppies from this sham rescue that came out of Iowa. So, and they were shipping them all to California too. So if you're from there, that was what was going on as well. So, wow. cause they think they had similar laws uh, similar to that. So same deal. Anyway, so uh, puppies, you should kind of know where they're coming from. If you can, if, if your rescue will help you, that's great. Hopefully, they'll have some information about where they found the dog. Um, a lot of rescues here right now are bringing in dogs from Oklahoma, a lot of dogs from Kentucky or the South, and then dogs from overseas, too, um, are gaining uh, popularity in, in coming to the U.S. because we kind of need more dogs to fill the need.
2: There's a lot of people that want to adopt those pets. Yeah, you know?
1: and spay and neuter did its job, which is always a good good news on that front. So, okay. So we're moving on today to allergy season and some tips to keep your dog allergy free. The wall company, which um, makes clippers and they have some pretty nice high quality clippers and some other products too for, well, quite a lot of them uh, for your pet. They said more than 50 million Americans suffer from allergies, but 10% of dogs suffer from allergies too. And just like humans, um, symptoms can include anything from runny nose, sneezing, itchy eyes, and unlike humans, you may notice your dog rubbing their face on the floor or chewing their feet, in um, uh, addition to many, many other allergy-related symptoms. So tell us like some of the top symptoms people come in with when they bring their dogs in. The, the number one is scratching.
2: Okay. So my dog is itching and scratching. Um, number two is then I see a rash or I see some sort of redness or irritation uh, the third would be ears along with that. Uh, so my my dog scratching at the ears, shaking its ears, uh, licking paws, scooting. Uh, and then some of the worst case scenario that we'll talk about a little bit later is hot spots. okay uh, so how are those developed uh, from skin irritations or allergies?
1: Okay, all right. well, this article from wall says that pollen levels are usually the highest during the morning hours between five am and 10 a.m. so, if you're planning like a lengthier walk, you just want to go in the evening instead of going out and exposing your, not just yourself, but your pet to those early morning pollen problems. Um, They also suggest that not you, like you shouldn't walk your dog like straight in the grass, especially if it's just been cut because clearly it dyes your paws, pets green, Mm -hmm. but then also it's kind of a cleanup and kind of a, a spark for an allergy. Is that true?
2: That's true because, um, The the particular allergen gets into the system. Now, initially, we think about allergies. So uh, if we smell something and we sneeze, so say it's pepper, we're actually expelling it before it goes any further with the initial sneeze. But if it gains access, the body sees that like a bacteria, virus or something else, and it tries to make antibodies against it. And in doing so, it creates that inflammatory response. So it can set off the rash or because we get histamine release, we get cytokines, uh, which are inflammatory uh, proteins. And also then obviously with that inflammation, we're going to set off the scratching and and irritation.
1: Where do the cytokines come from?
2: Well, they come from the the active uh, participation of the immune system and the white blood cells. So once you get Mm -hmm. that cellular response, It's almost like a little defense mechanism Mm -hmm. when it kicks in. But unfortunately, then the patient, even ourselves, is going to react to it. So we might sneeze. You might go, wow, that itches, or wow, I'm getting a rash from that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, by the time we see it on our pets, usually it's advanced a little bit more because they're exposed to allergens all the time. So are we. So it doesn't necessarily mean we become allergic to it. Uh, The difference between sensitivity and allergy Uh, With our SRT, we're measuring sensitivities. We're also measuring the potential for allergic response. But your initial exposure could just mean a sensitivity. But if you're not repeatedly exposed to that, then you're not going to be sensitive. But if you become allergic to it, sort of like peanut allergies, repeated exposure makes more and more of what they call a degranulation response, which could lead to a more serious reaction. So, okay. such as a vaccine reaction, for example.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Um, the article also suggests doing some serious spring cleaning. I'm always about this. I mean, I don't live in that clean of a house or anything, but it's like, um, you know, the toys get so dirty. And I mm. always try to send out a Facebook True. reminder to you guys to let you know, uh, hey, don't forget to clean your pet's toys because um, they get so filthy dirty. And probably, you know, ours are in the yard. They're bringing allergies in the house. Um, but Probably after they go outside, they're rolling around and doing all that stuff. They're coming in and spreading those pollens and stuff all over the house and their bedding.
2: For sure, yeah, they are, and and uh, along with that can be there's that repeated exposure, but it can also set off our allergies too. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you want to get on a schedule of cleaning, like yeah, it, washing bedding and that kind of thing. Yeah,
2: about as often you know as you, you clean your 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 own your bed bedding, yeah, your okay. sheets. Then yeah. you should probably.
1: You, a, was there some other bedding that you, <laughs> your bed, bed bedding? Your bed
0: bedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had some other bedding in mind. Yeah. You know your regular bedding. I don't know. Okay, so um, the there's also a few things that come with allergy season. So there's prednisone use. Um, this is a pretty prednisone and antibiotics are pretty standard when it comes to standard conventional pet medicine. Um, I think things are changing a little bit and the realm of products are changing that have been researched, um, products that are clinically um, looked at, uh, that kind of thing. So when you go to a clinic, what should you be expecting from a conventional standpoint yeah. that your pet's going to get treated with? So your dog's itching and scratching, the skin is really red, what should you expect?
2: Well, first of all, they'll do the, the physical exam to take a look at what's the distribution, You know, where are they scratching, what does the skin look like, what's the, the coat, is there is there dry flakes, uh, are they shedding a lot, those kind of things. So the first thing is we start off with the coat quality. So um, brushing uh, and bathing is going to be usually the first aspect of therapy. Uh, the second thing, if we have lesions, then we want to address those as, okay, we want to get the pet more comfortable because it's, it's reacting to itself. So we want to slow that process so it doesn't, the skin doesn't become damaged or we don't lead to secondary hotspots and infections. So um, we're usually looking at some anti-inflammatory. Now that could be prednisone, short-term use, that could be antihistamines. Uh, if they are breaking out uh, with skin infection, maybe some antibiotics. Short-term use is important. That's the key because when they're really uncomfortable, holistic medicine may not stop that right away. But at the same time, uh, we want to use holistic therapies behind it to start helping the pet better prepare for the reaction. So they can develop antibodies against the, the allergen. So future exposure, then they actually have some immunodefense already set up.
1: So how is your appointment different from a conventional appointment?
2: Well, I'm going to look at that. So I'll do my conventional exam, but then I'm also going to look at other things. So first of all is what's the tongue color. Um, If, if it's more purplish, it could be what they call stagnation. So that can mean it's coming forward from more of a GI tract response. Uh, If we see that uh, the, the uh, change of the tongue is a little more further back that could be respiratory.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, If it's up front, it could be related to circulation or lymphatics. And so on their tongue, on their tongue. Okay. So I'll look at that. I'll also look at the the trigger points in the body, because if there's any restriction um, and, and trigger points are, I usually use the back and try to find where they're sensitive because that could be a source point for where they're trapping allergies even though they might not be developing allergic response. If that lymph system is trapped, it could cause reactivity hmm. at that local point. So I'm also doing trigger points hmm. and also pulse quality. So i will listen to the heart, but also I want to see how does that match up with the pulses? Because the pulses could be deep and weak, which could mean uh, a, a weak response or weak reaction. Uh, It could be really rapid and pounding. So that usually means stagnation or uh, other potential inflammatory agents that are contributing to the allergies um, and somewhere in between. So, you know, where the pulse is on pulse checks is really important. So I'll look look at that to be a little bit more specific for owners.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how many times do people bring in a pet that has, quote, allergies, and how many times is it? Really, allergies, and how many times is it something else?
2: Well, maybe to me, probably 65 to 70 percent of the time, it's going to be some sort of allergic response. But there are cases where you know those 35 uh, to 40 percent of the cases can have other things involved. So, especially if they get to be middle aged between five and 10 years of age, the thyroid can be involved, the adrenal gland can be involved. Mm-hmm. Also, they can have inflammatory issues like pancreatitis and those things that can contribute to leaky gut syndrome. So less than five, probably more likely to be allergic response. Over five, we're starting to look for other things.
1: Okay. And also lymph nodes. I mean, once you start getting a blockage, it starts backing up and your lymph nodes drain throughout your entire body, right?
2: Right. They're, they're moving that lymph node like you have them forward. in
1: certain places, but then they're moving through your whole system.
2: Yep. From nose to tail Mm -hmm. all the time. They're very busy. There's 128 lymph nodes in the dog.
1: Oh really? Wow. Wow. Most of them in the GI tract, you know, 80% of the immunity
2: is there. So a lot of them are there, but at the same time they they have a big job and Mm -hmm. I'll address those quite often holistically. Traditionally we don't really address the lymph nodes unless they have lymph Unless they're swollen, Mm -hmm. which could mean that they have a really bad infection or they could have cancer or something like that.
1: Oh, really? And you've seen animals come in and they're just itching. They're just itching, itching, itching. And once you did an SRT, you realize it was just, it was like a lymph node drainage problem. Right. Right. So, seeing that too.
2: One cool thing that we think about is that we don't realize is called maladaptive stress. Okay. So, say they had an allergy. Mm -hmm. And we treated that and they got over the allergy, but they're still scratching. Mm -hmm. I'll often ask the owner, when they're scratching, do you react to them? And most of the time they do. They say, (laughs) quit scratching or here, let me give you a treat. or Let's go for a walk or something like that. The problem is, is that maladaptive stress can be trained into them. So that's where you get acrylic dermatitis. That's where you can get behavioral scratching, especially in puppies, because the training process uh, just was talking to an owner the other day and she was showing me that, that her little dog was doing tricks and it would react if it didn't want to do it, sit and scratch.
1: Oh, really? Didn't have allergies, but just sit there and scratch. <laughs> just being a brat. Right? Just being a brat. <laughs> so
2: you got to watch that. I'm
1: busy. I'm busy. I don't want it's to It's the do dog's that. version. I'm, I'm busy and yeah. I, don't, I can't say no, right? <laughs> so we
2: we don't want to, it's important. I know we want to care for our pets and love them and everything, it's important not to react to the scratching. You know how they always tell you to not dog. to react
1: when your kid falls down, when your baby falls down on the sidewalk or whatever. and right. They're always like, "Don't react," um, because then it just makes it worse, you know. So you shouldn't run up to them and be like, "Hey, are you all right?" or make a big fuss. People always say that you're never supposed to react.
2: No, because then the kid will fall down on purpose because they're not getting <laughs> enough attention.
1: See, <laughs> dogs, will, that.
2: dogs will do the same thing, you know that.
1: <laughs> you just have to take it on the inside, mom. Right. And want to die from there. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah, well, it's their first reaction, though know, if they're not uh, feeling yeah. good, uh, to respond to them. But uh, for for dogs, and uh, it's important to respond after they stop scratching. You know, then to give got them it. loves and pets.
1: Yeah, got it. Okay, all right, because you don't want to turn it into a, you don't want to mess with their mind. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to you don't
2: want to lock it in there. We don't.
1: <laughs> all right. So um, one of the big things that everybody goes to a lot of doctors, I mean, you've done it too, because, you know, there are people coming here who don't want any holistic medicine, you know, there's, they're not into it or, you know, whatever, they just want to get the dog treated. That's fine too. Okay. You don't all have to do it. I'm down with working with anybody, mm-hmm. but so this, uh, you know, the line of fire, first of all, can be prednisone, right. prednisone is a steroid, just explain what it is.
2: It's, a, it's called a glucocorticoid or corticosteroid. We often refer to it as steroids.
1: Okay.
2: Um, the body does produce its own steroids uh, by the adrenal gland. It's called cortisol. Uh, there's other glucocorticoids that are being produced as well, uh, as well as uh, a group of agents called mineral corticoids. Um, it's important for immuno, uh, response, digestion, circulation, all those things, but synthetic um, corticosteroids, like prednisone and prednisolone are often used to stop the body's reacting to itself because when they're really scratching and itching you know the body's flared up they're uncomfortable and uh, when we consider that as short-term use i'm talking about less than two weeks if we have to go to that because let's face it if they're painful and you have to go to work and they're home alone for eight hours a day all they got to do is is scratch you know so often you come home to you know, really severe abrasions where they've really been scratching themselves and very uncomfortable. So we'll often use prednisone and prednisolone. Um, The difference between the two is that the liver turns prednisone into prednisolone. And prednisone and prednisolone work pretty much the same way. Um, If dogs have, uh, you have to be careful if they're on other medications that may affect the liver is that you want to be careful of prednisone and give them prednisolone, which has already been converted. So what does this do? Well, it blocks the inflammatory response. uh, It reduces inflammation and it calms the body down. So it's not reacting so much. So we get a chance for the body to catch up and and start its own immune uh, antibody uh, activity. Uh, If we give it for too long, the body, unfortunately, can have side effects from it. But at the same time, it doesn't get a chance to really resolve the allergens and produce the proper antibodies against it. So future exposure usually means, OK, we're going to move into seasonal allergies or it's going to become non-seasonal, whether scratching year round.
1: OK, so you I mean, you know, you don't want to do this very often.
2: Right, because um, the side effects that occur, you know, short term side effects usually are self-limiting. So increase in thirst urination, appetite, but long-term use, as I mentioned, the body produces its own natural uh, steroids in the body. So the long-term prednisone use can interfere with that and it can create conditions like diabetes and Cushing's disease.
1: Okay. All right. So there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Okay. So if you had a dog, which you have four, but if, if you were bringing your dog in and you know, the solution right now to get it over the hump of these terrible symptoms of itching and scratching is prednisone. Mm -hmm. How many times do you really want to do that?
2: Well, I kind of use it, uh, the itching as a grade scale. So from one to 10, where one is I'm just naturally dog scratching, to 10 is I'm basically tearing my skin apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. That
1: happens a lot. There's a lot of grade 10. Yeah. And
2: so if we're getting into those higher grades, we're usually going to go to the, the prednisone if we're going to go long-term use, beyond that, we'll consider medications like Cytopoint and Apoquil, which have less side effects. Uh, it it does works less on the liver and more on just blocking the scratch response. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have, there's still side effects, but you're going to have much less long-term use with Apoquil versus a corticosteroid.
1: Mm-hmm. What about like... Um- you know, if this is just starting in the spring and going through the summer, fall, kind of, you know, and then resolving in the winter, do allergy tests or anything like that do any good?
2: Well, it, the, it's it's sort of like flu season, you know. I'm just gonna go through it. The allergens will change all the time, so every flu season the virus is a little bit different, right? Okay. So
1: how do they change all the time? I mean, like trees don't change.
2: Well, you can have different pollen levels. Um, You can have a different response to the pollens. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, Sometimes we plant new plants in the garden or the flower beds and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's always changing. It's kind of a, it's never static. So a lot of times they'll lock in those allergies and allergy testing can be valuable, but a lot of times it changes every
0: year.
1: Okay. So we have a couple of more ideas of like strategies um, that, everybody can use. Um, these are pretty simple and these are DIY things. You don't really need any much skill to be able to accomplish some of those. So we'll talk about those coming up in the next half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can call in. It's 877-472-5788. That's the phone number. And then you can also reach out to us on our group page, which is holistic fed advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We have a lot of different information on there, lots of questions, um, uh, we get questions all the time from people all over the world, and we're happy to try to help you out the best we can, or at least point you in the direction of you know getting something that, some information or. Pointing you to a professional or a product or something that might be able to help you out. So happy to do all of that. So just join our Facebook group as well. Um, We have again a few more things about allergy season and some home prevention strategies. We'll also talk a little bit about what you do in clinic Mm -hmm. to start um, producing things. You know things that don't involve Apoquel, CydaPoint prednisone, uh, the, the big hitters when it comes to allergy season, We're looking at just like some more holistic things or more natural products that we can mm-hmm. talk about uh, coming up here in just a little bit. We have a tea tree oil question from Charmaine uh, through our holistic vet advice group page. And then also um, we're going to talk a little bit about acupuncture and the teeth and how like acupuncture works with teeth. Can you, you can't do it on teeth. So I guess I'm just interested to know. Why it matters. That'll be very interesting. <laughs> oh, an interesting <laughs> conversation, right? Yeah. All right. Well, it's always interesting with you. <laughs> so um, we'll be right back. We're going to come back in a couple of minutes and we'll see you soon right here on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics
0: tune in every friday to get your weekend
1: kickoff early join the legendary g keith alexander for what's hot harlem america the flagship show of the new harlem america digital network has something for everyone from the latest in entertainment to empowerment health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot
0: Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program.
1: Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. We're at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois, now located at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus. To get in touch with us, 877-472-5788. And also, um, we have a Facebook group going, which is called Holistic Bed Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. So just ask us any question you want to. We'll see if we can help you out. We usually just keep them on the show so you can just listen to the show and hear the answers to what's going on with uh the best advice we can give you for your pet's health. He can give you, I'm just kind of here.
2: <laughs> well, you've, you, you've almost uh, became a veterinarian by us most. I, f- I feel
1: like it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it sometimes. Cause you
2: remind me a lot of things. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I do.
1: I was a technician for a while. Yeah. A long while actually. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to learn how to work together and kind of a good tech. will will kind of anticipate what you're going to do every time. And, kind of uh, look ahead and see where things are going with this particular case or these symptoms and, yeah. and uh, good texts are hard to find and, um, we're blessed with several of them right now, really good, um, energetic and, and, uh, anyway thank your veterinary technicians because they do quite a bit of work and they do help these doctors out a ton so yeah you were the best oh well thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right I had a lot of a lot of help in that one Carrie and and Paula at that time and Nancy were all of our technicians at that time so Um, anyway so we've been talking about pet allergy season and a couple of strategies you might be able to use to cut down on not only the allergens coming in your house on your pet but maybe to relieve some of your pet symptoms one of them is washing your dog's feet
2: yeah the feet can be a, a obviously a, a very contaminated area especially during allergy season so um, as you mentioned earlier the pollen is most active in the morning so that's usually the best time to be wiping feet um, but any time through the day if they go outside do a little wipe before they come in um, and that can help to cut down on allergies that get into the house, but also the potential for the pets. Now, when you look at the feet, also pay attention to the pads because a nice, healthy pad is going to be almost have a little bit of moisture on it. It's going to look nice and in, in pigmented. Not
1: shriveled up or um, like crusty.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, if they look dry or cracked or they have um, the edges have a lot of, of dry, crusty uh, stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like dry skin, you know, and keratin is that they're going to be more prone to those allergies absorbing
1: than the
2: dogs that have nice, normal, healthy pads.
1: Oh, okay. So you have to start off with something good. Right. Yeah.
2: Pay attention to the nails, you know, the nails uh, are so important because that creates restrictions in the feet. And so that can reduce your lymphatics. And if your lymphatics are slowing down, it's going to be more reactive. So you can get those inf- inflammatory, it's called pododermatitis so they can get inflammation between the webbings, underneath, around the pad. Uh, it can cause licking and scratching. So foot care not only involves wiping, but making sure the nails are in good shape as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So you're wiping them down. Um, they do make wipes for this, so you can just get them. I know some people who just use baby wipes. Um, mm-hmm. We do carry a wipe here that um, we're going to be putting on our Facebook store soon, and um, and those, you know, are super easy because you can just take it, it's right there by the door, you throw it out, super simple. Um, lukewarm water, though, is suggested sometimes because that's just really soothing. It feels good on your pet's feet. And then um, just giving them a little bath and something mild.
2: Mm-hmm. Very mild. mild shampoo. First, yeah. And how often to bathe? That was asked this morning is, you know, how often should you bathe your dog? It's mm-hmm. really, you know, once a week, take a look at the coat, you know, you'll see it every day, but but take a really good look and see, you know, is, is the skin drying out? You know, is the coat drying out? Because the oils are redistributed every day back onto the hair shaft. Mm-hmm. And they get a new hair shaft every week. So those <coughs> hairs are always coming out. So if it's drying out, you, you want to be careful at, about overbathing. Uh, but uh, also, uh, the, the average time, it really depends on the patient. But once a month. If they're more active, maybe once a week, but just pay attention to how often.
1: What about if you really want to get all those allergens and the pollen off your dog?
2: Then if your dog is really allergenic, two times a week.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's not too much?
2: That's not too much. What would you use, though? You have to use, you know, if, if they're not, don't have an infection or not currently itchy, just use a very mild shampoo.
1: A lot of people say to use baby shampoo, but I've seen dogs come in and the owner will say, I gave it a bath in baby shampoo and its skin is bright red. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as mild as everybody thinks.
2: No, because it was designed for us and we have different hair Okay. Uh, and different, and the dogs can be sensitive. Sometimes yeah. there's perfumes or different things in there. Um, sometimes there's more tea tree oil. We'll talk about tea tree oil in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which can also cause reactions. So you want a pet design shampoo, number one. And you want just a, a standard one for general bathing purposes. But if they start to have skin problems, we can talk about prescription shampoos or something more specific, mm-hmm. like your antibacterials, antifungals, uh, anti-itch shampoos. There's, mm-hmm. there's ones that can talk about conditioners as well.
1: I think for dogs, like an aloe and oatmeal shampoo is pretty standard.
2: That's pretty standard. It's
1: a pretty mild shampoo? Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. And, uh, but if they're if they're not generally itchy and scratchy seasonally, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bathing maybe once, twice a month, because if you overbathe and break the skin's integrity, now they're open to allergies.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're are you trouble? actually making them yeah. itch?
2: And then they're put on medication because, you know, they're itching at the same time it was created by right. overbathing. Right. Yeah. So You don't want to do that. Right.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, there are some professional products too, if you're just looking at the feet. So we talked about the wipes, um, which you could start with, you know, like a sensitive skin baby wipe, or you can go up to a more hypoallergenic wipe, which you could get from a clinic. Um, and then also there are a couple of products, a couple of names I'll give you. Dermascent is one. They have an overall skin protective product and it's a, a topical and you put that on your dog. Um, I, I can't remember the dosing of it, but it comes in like a box of four or six. And I think yeah. you put it on every week. I like those. It's yeah, yeah, skin like a skin enhancement type product, mm-hmm. and they also come up with a lot of mousses, some sprays, that kind of thing. So those products by that company, I think, are um, very good. We've been carrying them here for a while, and a company with a product called Duoxo. They have different types of products um, that that help with allergies. Spray on. Um, I think one of them is kind of like a small. You know, members like a Stridex pad. You know what that looks like like that big. And then you can use those if I remember right.
2: Yeah. those are good after, like, if, if you generally just want to bathe your pet a lot is okay. making sure that those conditioners are put on afterwards, just because you want that little protective layer there um, on the top. There's a, it's called the keratin layer mm-hmm. and you don't want that too dry, but at the same time you want that little thin film of oil there to catch those allergens before they seep in deeper. Okay. So the conditioners can help a lot. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, another problem that always happens this time of year, but it happens like a little bit later in summer. So if we tell you now, you might be able to get ahead of it are hot spots. These are pretty painful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gross, <laughs> c- quite honestly. Um, they're like bloody and sometimes pussy. And it's like an area where the hair, I don't know. Can you explain it? What a hot spot is?
2: Well, hot spot is it, it, it's a very they call it acute moist dermatitis. So the moisture, it means that the, the barrier, the protective barrier's been interrupted. So now the bacteria can get in there. And uh, pets have a, you know, several types of bacteria, but the most common is staph bacteria and strep bacteria. And once they colonize, there's certain pets like your golden retrievers and the rottweilers that have really powerful bacteria. And once they take over a hotspot, those are pretty nasty and they can spread, you know, and get quite large. The largest ones can, you know, the, the one I saw, w- worst one I saw was basically from head down to the shoulder.
0: Mm. On oh, both a sizes, hot spot?
2: A hot spot Ooh, because that, that bacteria can spread and very painful. It, so,
1: okay, those aren't good. It's no, bad.
2: And so usually we're using, uh, we, you know, obviously they're painful. So we do have to step in with anti-inflammatories and anti, anti- antibacterials. Um Before we can even touch them because their skin is so sensitive, we don't want to jump right into a cleaning shampoo uh, because that can make things worse. Mm -hmm. So I usually put them on a a week to two weeks worth of medication just to get the skin calmed down. And then we can start to maybe shave some of that damaged hair away and then get some medicated shampoo on there to help restore that skin again. Because it can take roughly, well, interestingly enough, your, the the pet's skin will turn over once a year, hmm. but when there's damage, we can usually get that skin pretty healthy within three months.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Anita says, uh, "What is the wipe called, and where do I get it?" Uh, she didn't catch that. So. Um, there are a bunch of different wipes. Like we have a, we have a wipe that's just your general all purpose wipe. It's Mm -hmm. for ears, eyes, skin. Um, And you can get that here. Uh, We'll have it on our Facebook page a little bit later today because we're getting a Facebook store, Riverside uh, Animal Clinic and Holistic Centers page. And then um, you can also get a wipe. um, I think you have to, I think you have to buy it through veterinary called Duoxo.
2: Yeah. The Duoxo is, is um it's a non- I think it's a
1: veterinary specific
2: Yeah, situation. you have to get it through the vet office, but it, it can be purchased through the vet office without a prescription.
1: Okay, yeah. so it's D-U-O-X-O, Duoxo. And they have sprays too and stuff like that. So, um, you know, your vet might be able to sell you that or if you come here, I can order that in for you. And then um, there's also Dermacent, which is a really good product and they have different versions of it. Um, that do different things. So um, moose, and they have some topical add-ons. Those are what they are. So um, we can help you with all of those because we do keep those in stock. All right. Okay. So um, we have a question now from uh, Charmaine. Charmaine is on our holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson page. And she is wondering if she can use tea tree oil on her pet skin to cure a kind of like bacterial infection.
2: There's really two answers, yes and no. So you want to make sure that it's uh, pet-specific products that have less than 1% tea tree oil because higher concentrations of of that can cause toxicity. So uh, there's some really good products out there that do contain tea tree oil. Uh, If you're going to use a standard tea tree oil on the skin, you want to make sure that it it has definitely a carrier oil with it. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that it would be less than 1%. So we're talking about one to two drops per two tablespoons Mm -hmm. of olive oil. So not much at all. You want to make sure that that's... And how
1: effective would that actually be?
2: Well, it's very effective. It's pretty pretty potent because it does have antibacterial, antibacterial, antifungal properties. Uh, But the fact that it's more toxic to the pets because of the concentration, Mm -hmm. you want to be careful. It works...
0: I feel like worry. that
1: would sting though. Like if anybody tried to put that on like an ear or something, I feel like that would sting.
2: Yeah. For those yeah. really bad hot spots, you know, mm-hmm. you really don't want to be putting anything yeah. on there yet. But after a, a course of medication, then yeah. If it's a really small one, say from a tick bite or something like that, okay, you know, maybe we could do that. But if you have a very painful spot and the pet doesn't want you touching it,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, it's probably best to be on medicine first before we...
1: Chucky got a tick. Chucky's our indoor indoor Persian. He's not a kitten anymore. He just had his birthday, his first birthday. And obviously we adore Chucky. And he uh, had a tick under his collar. He's never been outside. I don't know what happened. How does he get it in the house?
2: Well, they can ride in on everything. They can ride in on us you know the the thing about ticks versus fleas is ticks will will move from from species to species okay and fleas won't they usually stick to their you know whatever they're Mm. on so they're not going to be jumping off um unless
1: uh, you know so the dog could have given it to chucky
2: probably brought it the dog brought
1: it in or we could have brought it in our clothes or something and didn't know
2: because it's surprisingly, we think, well, it's an indoor pet, you know, they can't get parasitized. But the answer is they can, because if you go, you go outside. Okay. Um, Your if you have dogs, you know, they go outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so the best way to protect the indoor pets is to make sure that during flea and tick season that they have flea and tick protection but also the ones that go outside have flea and tick protection.
1: Mm -hmm. You can make your own. Um, uh, We'll talk about that on our next show, I think though, because that's kind of a big hot topic. It is. Um, Lee has a question from our holistic vet advice group. Um, She's recently purchased food grade diatomaceous earth to use as a pest preventative for my fur babies. I will sprinkle some on the carpets, beds and doormats, but for the internal use, my question is, can I use this consistently as a preventative or is it not safe to use for a long period of time?
2: It, it, it's really safe um, for long-term use, but at the same time, uh, some pets could be sensitive to it. So if you're starting off uh, for the first time, for example, you only wanna use a small portion. So maybe a sprinkle on the food to make sure they can tolerate it internally. Um, as far as externally, um, because it's a dust, and if you're going to dust it on the pets and use it topically, you want to make sure you do it outside because um, it not only can it aerosolize and cause respiratory issues for yourself, you could do it for your pet as well. So make sure you do that outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a great product. What it basically does is suffocate the, the you know, the insects. So it, it suffocates okay. the flea and tick and uh does a pretty good job
1: okay all right okay so um a lot of people have some questions about acupuncture points on your teeth what does that mean
2: well there are the meridians that go through the body are electrical circuits basically the electrical or the nervous system okay and there are electrical impulses so um and this was interesting even with veterinary manipulation is that a horse could have a restriction on its tooth and it can affect its neck all the way down to its shoulder. Okay. Really? It can.
1: Okay. How and does so, that
2: work? And um, because as they're biting down, if they have to reroute their tooth because it hurts. Okay. It basically all these muscles, which is the most important is a TMJ uh, can affect not only the TMJ, but then all the way down to route about cervical vertebrae three to four. Okay. And, in uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, those teeth can have certain specific information about organ systems. So, the front teeth, for example, uh, represent the kidney. So, a lot of dogs with kidney disease, you'll see that that they'll have they'll lose their front teeth or the front teeth will become infected. So, that, for example, represents. And that happened the to Chorky, Yeah,
1: our dog Chorky, and she does have some. Her kidney numbers are off. Yeah. And she had to have all of her teeth pulled. Poor shark.
2: Yeah, and She's that's probably going to have the rest
1: of them pulled soon anyway.
2: Yeah, it's common uh, for the little dogs, especially because they can, um, you know, but but gum disease, especially in small dogs, because they have just as many teeth as a German Shepherd, and so most of the time when we see problems, it's just teeth crowding, and if the lymphatics can't move through the the gum and jawline, uh, that will create inflammation but also because it has internal connections, just like the, the horse with the neck, is that it can affect other organ systems as well. So if you have a toothache, it's gonna to affect a lot of things, right? So hmm. it uh, can also suppress your immune system and cause uh, secondary infection in other areas.
1: So if you had, can you reverse it? Like if you had some kind of accident or something, and then it, will that affect all the teeth on that side?
2: It could if it if it caused enough damage. You so know. if you had
1: a really bad accident on your right side and then your right teeth all had issues.
2: Mm-hmm. It goes together. Yeah. It it can well. if that doesn't heal, it could affect your um, the rest of the body somewhere. So it depends on the location and what tooth we're talking about.
0: Really?
1: Like oh. Gosh, that's kind of like a big deal.
2: It is. You know. only
1: get one set of teeth.
2: Right. And gum disease is, that's why it's so important to make sure that they have healthy teeth uh, because there can be other underlying problems. And it may not show up on blood work. You, blood work is, uh, you know, 40% of the time, 30 to 40 really, is you can have a healthy dog without normal blood work. But just the same amount as you can have an unhealthy dog with normal blood work. So mm-hmm. it can throw things off because, um, but you have to look at the patient. You can't look at the paper and go, okay, this, you, know, you can get some diagnosis off that. But in order to make that pet feel better is you have to look at the patient. How is it affecting the patient, especially with holistic medicine to help get them back to normal again,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is that you want to get them out of the emergency, but then also you want to start rebuilding them. hmm And try to restore that.
1: That can take some time. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody has the patience for that, but I really respect the people who do. Yeah. A lot of people really do try.
2: They do. Got a lot of wonderful clients that are. Yeah, we do. That uh, understand the the process. It's a process.
1: Yeah. How do you like? Do you use the teeth as much of a um, diagnostic in holistic medicine?
2: I do. I like to, because I look at the tongue and then I'm looking at the teeth as well.
1: Like to see Um, if there's any damage or anything like that. Okay. Interesting. So the teeth, I guess, can mean something is wrong.
2: Right. Especially if if the pet seems to be otherwise healthy, but then they got some unhealthy things going on here.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Holistically, we were looking at things that could cause disease later on but also could be underlying problems that are just showing up on the surface that could be more of an internal thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the idea is that you keep the, basically the pathogenic chi away from you. If it enters, you keep, try to keep it superficial, but ultimately you wanna keep it away from your vital organs.
1: So what's pathogenic chi?
2: Pathogenic chi is your your allergies, a virus, a bacteria, a chemical, you know, anything outside of the body mm-hmm. that could potentially even food. So, say you get food poisoning, mm-hmm. for example.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, the body has a way of trying to repel it, but if the chi is too low, your your immune yeah. chi.
1: Well, some then, of that some of that chi is really yeah. <laughs> some heavy duty stuff. You're it never is. gonna get, not get that. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I. I think I've got it. Yeah, it Wait. takes
2: a while to. Yeah. Because it's it. It to me initially it was like totally backwards from.
1: From Western medicine, Western like.
2: Medicine.
1: I don't know. It's just hard. People get very confused too. Owners become, not all of them, but some of them, especially if they're not prepared, like to take notes and and think about this a little bit or maybe watch some videos or kind of learn about what they're getting involved in when they come for a holistic appointment, Um, there can be some serious confusion. Um, So I think that, that, you know, if you're, if you're going for a holistic appointment or you want to do new stuff, um, you really do have to listen to what your doctor's telling you, but if you could get some basic understanding Mm -hmm. of that in the first place, I think that, that would be better because it's sort of like taking your brain and everything, you know, and then flipping it inside out and backwards and then pulling it through the other side. It's just, it's very, uh, it's it's very complex. It's a very complex thing. So that is why some of the appointments for holistic can be mm-hmm. more. owners. It's that's, just a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And it's I a lot of extra education. That, you
2: know, 20, I've, I've been studying it for about 17 years. So I'm 17 years ahead of them unless they've been studying it for that long. Yeah. And right. I'm still learning, you know, and it's, it's right. an evolution of of a lifelong learning process mm-hmm.
1: continuous yeah. yeah continuous and so is so are all the other holistic veterinarians i mean unless they're just doing like one modality all the rest of them who have done a lot of different things and have a lot of certifications are also doing that so um you know they're also i guess 17 years ahead you're yeah. however long they've been studying ahead too yeah.
2: So. And it's a continual, once you're in it, it's it's a lifestyle. You just, you have to mm-hmm. live and breathe it and continue to study. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even when you think you got it, you still <laughs> learn something new.
1: <laughs> I think, um, I think that also, the husband cleans the house too. I think that was part of the holistic learning, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs>
2: So I've been doing a pretty good job lately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And does all the dishes. So anyway. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, everybody. And be sure to reach out to us. Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson is our Facebook group. See you later.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.